Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In a city in uh, the northern region of Turkey called Kastamonu, there is a uh, turbe, a tomb, a shrine, to a Sufi saint whose name is uh, Shaban Vali. And to get there, we have to drive quite a ways through mountains and it must be, I don't know, a four-hour trip uh, from Ankara, which is in the middle of the country. And when we got there, first we visited the tomb of Shaban Bali, and then we went to the mosque um, in Kastamana that he had originated. And this mosque goes back literally hundreds and hundreds of years. And uh, this man was the founder of a Sufi order called the Halbeti Order of Sufism. And Halbat is about a type of advanced communication between people where they disappear into each other and uh, where the I sort of disintegrates. Now, this mosque had two stories. It had a balcony, which was the second floor. And the balcony was not a place uh, for people to necessarily be during prayers. It served a different function. After prayers, or after Sema, because the uh, Helvetii also whirled, they would go up to this balcony. And on this balcony, there was a series of doors running in a semicircle around the entire length of the balcony. And if you opened one of these doors, they were like large or small, depending on what you consider large and what you consider small closets. And each of these rooms was approximately uh, the size of a grave. And after Sema, or after prayer, the members of the Tarikat, uh, the order, would go into these rooms, close the doors, and sit in silence and continue their prayer and meditation. Now, they were already separated from the outside world by the mosque. They were already separated from the outside world by way of their tarikat, their group. Why did they need this extra separation? Why did they need to go into a grave-like situation uh, in order to continue their meditation? In Ankara, there is uh, a turbe, a tomb, a resting place, a shrine, uh, a burial place of a uh, great Sufi whose name is Haji Bayram. And attached to 
area where his turbay uh, is is a mosque and if you know people there and they are inclined to show you they will take you down a few steps below the mosque to a door which leads down into an underground area uh, that you go into and it's dark and it's dank and it's empty and uh, the story is that Haji Bairam spent at least 40 days in that underground cavern uh, being fed very little during that period of time in the middle of Istanbul there's a shrine turbay resting place of a great sheikh who's known as Merkus Afendi and if you visit that shrine and if you're there with people who know their way around and are so inclined to show you at the side of the shrine there's a walkway which also goes underground and again in that place if you go deep enough you'll find a cavern like place that is really cut off from the rest of the world and it's dark and it was understood that Marcus Effendi spent a minimum of 40 days in that cavern underground now I could go on and tell you more of these kinds of situations that exist in various places but I'm just trying to make the point that in a lot of great seekers paths there was a time when they isolated themselves in a severe way from the influence of the world now we live a life that's supposed to be separate from the world and understood as separate from the world yet we are in constant contact with the influences that come from the nature of the world from the illusory aspects of the world from the illusory nature of creation in the world of illusion chaos dances with confusion and in order to be able to escape from the chaos and confusion that is thrown at us from the world we have to find an escape of some sort in reality otherwise 
we are going to constantly stay subject to the pushes and the pulls of what the world has to offer. And what the world has to offer is a constant reinvention of cultural ideas and cultural forms and cultural idiosyncrasies and cultural identities that want to take you in one direction or another. And in a country where there is extreme freedom to express yourself culturally, like the United States, there are literally hundreds of different cultural anomalies that are constantly pushing at you. And there is a constant reinvention of what is appropriate by people in this society. And sometimes they're called the modernists, sometimes they're called the, 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 the far thinkers, uh, sometimes they're called Satan. They're called lots of different things by lots of different people. But in this country, we have lots of people who create their vision of the world and then they try to sell it to everybody else. And the boundaries of the old cultures, the conventional ways that the old cultures used to look at things, are constantly pushed. And they're pushed to break open norms. A hundred years ago, we had certain norms within this society. 200 years ago, we had certain norms within this society. Those norms continue to be considered out of date, out of mode, uh, out of sorts, and not real. So we are constantly creating more and more new ideas and we are constantly trying, uh, at least by the people who propose these ideas, to label them the new reality, as if reality is new. Can you imagine Hock taking on different definitions as time passes? Can you imagine reality changing in the progress of time, as if time were an element of change for truth. As with all understandings, it brings us back to ourself. We need to somehow escape from the push of culture. We need to escape from the ideas of culture. We need to escape from the influence of culture and from the expectations 
that our friends and relations and people we know have of our being involved in culture as they understand it. That's why these men went into caves. That's why these men went behind closed doors into dark rooms where they were alone with their Lord. We need to somehow make a place for ourselves where we separate ourselves from the culture of the world and from the various influences of worldly culture. If you take the word culture and cut it in half, you have cult and your. And if you turn them, it's your cult. Now, we all know what cults are. <coughs> they're, they're belief systems around uh, an individual who claims they have power and claims they have influence and claims they have connections and sometimes it's like the Wizard of Oz. You can't go behind the curtain. There's nobody behind the curtain. Well, there is nobody behind the curtain. And all of these culture wars and culture identities and cultural maxims and cultural expectations are all made up. And they're made up for, by people for their own reasons. And we don't have enough time to go through all of the reasons why different cultures exist and how they got into being. But we should know that there is a long history of wise men going to caves to try and escape from all this. And it should be a lesson for us, as a wise man that I knew said, make believe you believe in the world, but don't believe in the world. Believe in God. Believe in Allah. Believe in the truth. And so what we have to do is fight our way through all of these ideas that have been superimposed on us in the area we live, uh, within the religion that we're grown, what we were grown up in, in the ideas that people constantly throw on us, and the expectations that people have on have on us, and find our truth, find our solution, find our place with Allah, and be restful in that place. Be secure in that place. Be solid in that place. Be able to defend ourselves in that place. And it appears that the influence is so great that there has to be a time that we have to hide from the world to get the strength to go back out into it. To build up the strength to go back out into it. And we need to know that about the world and we need to know that we have to do that for ourselves. So, 
when the latest thing comes out and the latest idea is formulated we can respond all of the ideas that are true have been around since the creation of Adam and everything else is a cultural innovation now while we are finding the truth in ourselves and while we are finding our peace with existence and our touchstone with reality we also have to be centered in a peaceful place that doesn't react to the path that others are on and the path that others are taking we have to have the tranquility and the serenity in our own way to leave people alone we have to be strong enough in our own way that we don't need to force others to say yes you're right yes I will join you one of the big problems in the world is this constant attempt by institutions to get people to join the institution and proclaim that they follow that way swear that they follow that way the freedom and the integrity of our being is dependent on our finding our own way the Quran says there is no compulsion in religion and that has two meanings one you shouldn't try to compel others to join but two you can't be compelled and you can't compel yourself all you can do is become real you can't say because I believe in this way I am real you can't say because I've walked down uh, 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 an aisle and declared that I am saved that you are saved you can't make the declaration of your own salvation your own, your own salvation comes through the declaration of the insignificance of the nature of your temporal being and the surrender of that temporal being to the truth of the haq to the truth of reality to the truth of la ilaha illallah to the truth that I do not exist only God exists and that's why people go into caves so they lose their sensory awareness so they lose the response that the senses bring about from this being so that they lose their sight and they lose their hearing and they lose their touch and after they've lost it in the way that the world knows it they begin to find something else an inner hearing an inner sight an inner smell an inner touch separate from the illusion 
that is the world. And when we can do this, when we can do this while still being within the world, we have accomplished a great deal. Imagine the strength it takes to sit still, be within your convictions, and keep your mouth closed, especially when those around you harangue you. Imagine the strength it takes, but within that strength comes the truth, and within that strength the world will begin to see you in a different way. They'll begin to see the polarity that exists within you that can't be shaken. They'll begin to see the strength of the axis that's been created within you. It's a little bit like a gyroscope. It keeps going around, but the center is constantly still and can't be shaken. Uh, boats have gyroscopes within them so that no matter how huge gyroscopes, depending on the size of the boat, so no matter what the waves do, it keeps the boat centered so it doesn't rock and it doesn't fall over. We need to be that way. And I believe that in the heart, there is a very special part, a mystic gyroscope of sorts that takes you to all the proper ports. And we need to believe in it. We need to believe that if we can find that center, that center is attached to what's correct in a way that will be taken there. The creative force that is Allah is everywhere. The creative force that is Allah is within all of us. The creative force that is Allah is available to all of us. The creative force that is Allah changes situations. Why? Because it is a creative force. It's not a still force. It's not a stagnant force. It's not a dead force. It's not a malignant force. It's the creative force of Rahman and Rahim. The creative force of Allahu. The creative force of all the compassion that's within the world. And it's flowing towards you. And all the, t- all the time. And it's a positive, uplifting, enlightening force. And we need to allow ourselves to be open to it. And the third kalima, Subhanallahi walhamdulillahi wa la ilaha illallahu wa lahu akbar wa la hawla wa la kuwata illa balahi wa is a constant utterance of the non-duality 
of that force and how all obeisance and prayer and meditation and praise goes to that force. And if we can bring that third kalima into our being as a constant recitation, we will become in contact with that compassionate creative force. And if our intentions are pure, then those intentions can come into being because we will be in touch with the creative force and the intentions come in touch with the creative force and then the creative force (laughs) makes those intentions reality. So, if we need something and and the need is real and the need is true, recite the third kalima. Bring yourself in touch with the Creator. Give up, surrender to the Creator. Give your intention to the Creator and then see what the Creator can do for you with that appropriate intention. So, God prays to God and then God responds. So we need to give up everything and go into that isolated place with that pure intention and let that intention resonate with the creative source and then watch and see and believe because you will be shown the truth. <clears throat> People need signs, and the signs will come. People need to be shown, and you will be shown. If your faith is strong enough, and your prayer is pure enough, the signs will come to show you the truth, and chaos and confusion will disappear from your life and your path will be made straight. May that occur for each of us and may it, Allah make it so. Amin. Amin. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.